Today's podcast is sponsored by Doit. Reduce your cloud spend by improving your cloud efficiency with Doit, an award-winning strategic partner of Google Cloud and AWS. Find out more at doit.com. That's D-O-I-T.com. Welcome to Day 2 Cloud. Our guest today is Joe Peterson, and she was a guest previously when we were talking about some things related to cloud security, and we're going deep on some newer cloud security technologies today, some acronyms that maybe you're not familiar with, but that are all real technologies, new areas of cloud security that should be important to you. What were your takeaways today, Ned? Yeah, my main takeaway is, at first I thought, this is just marketing fluff, right? These acronyms, they're just ways to put new coat of paint on an old thing. But as we dug into the details, it became obvious that there are driving forces out there in the market that have caused the rise of new security tools. And we investigated what those tools are. So enjoy this conversation with Joe Peterson, VP of Cloud and Security at Clarify 360. Joe Peterson, welcome to Day 2 Cloud. And for the folks that missed your first appearance back in episode 191 earlier this year, tell the nice people who you are and what you do. Hello, nice people. I'm Joe Peterson. I'm the Vice President of Cloud and Security for Clarify 360, and I am the Chief Analyst at ClearTech Research. Hello, gents. Thanks for having me back. Lovely to have you back, Joe. And uh, Joe, this is a follow-up of that discussion we had back in April, because in that show, as we were talking about various things to do with cloud security, you rattled off a bunch of acronyms, CSPM, CWPP, CIEM, CNAPP, and so on, all these different cloud security functions, markets, if you will, uh, features. And we wanted to dive into what some of those are in more detail today. But we got to back up a second, I think, Joe, and kind of explain to people what's going on in the cloud security market. It feels like to me, there's all these new products and categories, but as I dig into them, they feel kind of like old products. And so what is driving all of these changes in the cloud security market? Is there new frameworks going on out there? Is is this Gartner and marketing people making stuff up to make us think we got to buy something? Give us your insights, Joe. Well, we are not shy of acronyms in the tech world. That's for sure. Maybe one of the reasons I was drawn to tech is I love the song YMCA by the Village People, but that's just me. (laughs) (laughs) That's just me. Okay, so let's set the table a little bit. Let's talk about what's going on. I want to look at a stat here that I pulled up for this conversation. The global cloud security market is going to experience substantial growth. Right now, it's sitting at $40.7 billion in 2023, and it's due to increase to 62.9 billion by 2028. So that's an annual growth of 9.1% a year. That's significant, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And there's a number of market drivers. You'd asked about that in your question. However you think about it, whatever you're doing, the fact of the matter is that we live in a hybrid multi-cloud world. And hybrid and multi-cloud are sort of the two resting points that I think we're going to see most organizations get to in the next five years. Maybe 20%, 30% of the market will be all cloud, but that really doesn't encompass the folks that have legacy technical debt to deal with, right? So that's why we land in this hybrid multi-cloud world. You've got adoption of advanced technologies like AI and ML for cloud security. You've got this proliferation of BYOD sort of trends happening. And then you've got this rise of DevSecOps approach that's going on. So depending upon the vertical of the company, you're seeing the developers get their security chops going and they have to, and that's smart. 
So there's some there's some things that are going on that are driving the market. There's some insights that we're seeing. Data security is dominating. So there's sectors that are leading the way. BFSI, so the the financial vertical, insurance vertical, they're highly regulated, as you can imagine, and they're sort of figuring things out. And so you're seeing this rise in attention from them on cloud security. So those are some of the things that you know are going on. The adoption rate of cloud is still crazy strong. 39% of organizations are hosting more than half of their workloads in the cloud right now. So it's crazy, right? Kind of what's going on. So that's what I'm seeing. Okay, that was a lot of information, a lot of statistics. And I do want to drill down into some of those, starting with when we're talking about hybrid and multi-cloud, just to unpack that verbiage for a little bit. Uh, you're talking about in a hybrid scenario, running both private and public cloud, or are you including what people might consider legacy uh, infrastructure on-prem in that hybrid equation? I think it's all of the above, right? I think that just like cloud is a rather ubiquitous term, hybrid is a rather ubiquitous term. Mm -hmm. And hybrid for a flatter organization can be much more simple than a big enterprise client where it gets super nuanced. So whose cloud are we talking about? Which division's cloud are we talking about? Are we talking about the cloud that's in Europe? Or are we talking about the cloud that's in the US? Or, you know, the China cloud's a whole different thing, right? <laughs> so I think it it really is tailored to an organization. So this what we're hearing then, it, it, from what you've described with the statistics and everything, adoption and then specific market drivers I shouldn't say market drivers, I should say regulatory drivers mm -hmm. uh, that are out there for certain market verticals. We're seeing a lot of these cloud security acronyms begin to, to be created. Right. So this is all real, Joe. We're not seeing market texture, just things being made up to kind of create a product segment and create hype. That happens sometimes with marketing departments. All of a sudden, a new term comes up, and it's not really anything different once you dig into it from something we've had. Sometimes it's regulations that are driving us to do things here from what you're saying. Uh, this is all, these are all real product categories. I think so. I think as a young engineer, I was taught to approach problems as what's the problem we're trying to solve? Right. So as I kind of take and look at this through that lens, I think about kind of what are the things that keeps a cybersecurity professional that's dealing with cloud security threats up at night. And I think about things like misconfigurations. I think about things like insecure interfaces and APIs. I think about unauthorized access. I think about things like DDoS attacks. I think about depending upon my vertical what am I going to do with edge or IOT, right? What does that sort of OT environment look like? And how am I going to deal with that? Because some of those things are now IT enabled, right? So what's going over there in that corner, right? So I sort of think about those things. And I think about for years, we were kind of, and we'll get into this a little bit, I'm sure, putting point solutions at things. How do I fix this mm -hmm. one thing? And then what happened is, we ended up with this proliferation of tools and every one of them had a dashboard that we were supposed to log into and take a look at, right? Yep. And then we're like, <laughs> yeah. oh, so I've got to figure out what's going on over here. And then I got to figure out what's going on over here. And these things aren't talking to each other, by the way. And so I really have no holistic pane of glass into 
what is going on in my environment. And so what you're seeing, Ethan, to the point that you made earlier is, I don't think this is marketing hype. I think that these are vendors trying to solve that problem there. How do I make more of a platform that addresses a number of different concerns that I can see in one place so that I'm not looking at isolated views of my environment? Okay, so I was thinking of these different acronyms as uh, as different product categories. You're saying that maybe they're going to be delivered as a platform and I'm solving multiple problems with one tool or unified set of tools might be a better way to put it. As we begin talking through these, if I'm in the audience, do I need to be concerned that I am answering all of these concerns, that I've got some kind of a solution in every area? Or are some shops going to care about certain product categories and, and maybe not others? Yeah, that's exactly what's going on. I think that these products that we're going to talk through address specific concerns. So if, for example, um, you're not a shop that's doing a lot of development work and you're not very cloud native, you may not need one of the tools that we're going to talk about. If, on the other hand, you have a lot of users that are globally dispersed and a lot of external applications that are cloud-based, well, you're going to want this other tool that we're going to talk about. So it's going to depend upon your environment. What's the problem as an engineer that you are trying to solve? That's what it comes down to. I don't think you need everything. And in a second, you know, as I think through this, there is an absolute correlation between the level of cloud maturity and the tools that the shop is getting. So <laughs> you're smiling, right? Because you know what I mean. If they're not super mature and they're maybe not even doing anything with containers, maybe they don't even need this tool over here because they don't have anything going on with containers. So why do they need a container tool, right? Think about as an engineer, what problem you're trying to solve. There's so much of you don't know what you don't know with these, with with new technology. You start out using it at a kind of a minimum viable functionality. You get done something basic and then you begin growing in your use with it, which then exposes problems you didn't even know were things. And all of a sudden the need for a tool becomes apparent when first six months to a year you were using it, it just, it wasn't there because you weren't really doing that much with it or using various functions at all, like you said. Yeah. And there's a, there's a friend, we probably all know him, David Linthicum. He's kind of like mm -hmm. the cloud daddy, like he's just, he's the guru <laughs> of cloud. And, you know, Dave is pithy and smart and he said something pretty witty based upon a, a Thales global cloud security study for 2022. What the Thales study found, and let me get this right, is that 45% of businesses have experienced a cloud data breach or failed to perform audits. So Ethan, that goes along with maturity thing and you don't know what you don't know. Maybe you're not even looking yet. And so what Dave said is that, you know, it was kind of funny. Um, he uses this great analogy. The reason that lock bikes are stolen less often is the thief couldn't cut the lock in a matter of seconds, but the unlocked motorcycle next to it's an easier target, right? So the, the bad guys are stealing the stuff that is easy to steal, and maybe you don't even know it's happening. Right, right. So it's that what maturity level are you from a security standpoint, from an operational standpoint, you got to get the basics down the block and tackle, uh, maybe lace up your shoes before you actually try to to run with one of these larger tools. But let's get into some of the tools because we, you know, we've got a couple different acronyms here. I'm going to start with 
the CSPM, which is Cloud Security Posture Management. What is this tool and what is it intended to do? I think of it as a tool, but I also think of it as maybe an assessment. And if you haven't done anything yet and you sort of don't know what you don't know to Ethan's point, you may want to start with a cloud security posture assessment to see where you're at, to see where the holes are. Oftentimes, these folks come in that do these and they're going to find things in your environment that you maybe were aware of or maybe weren't aware of, or maybe you weren't aware of how big a problem it was. So let's just say you walked into a job and you're new. You're not really Mm -hmm. sure where bad things are lurking. You have an idea, but right, you just don't know. You come in and you get one of these done and you're like, wow, you know, we get a couple hundred million dollars a year from our website. We don't have a WAF. Oh, that's a problem. (laughs) But you didn't know because you didn't set it up. You've just walked into this job. And so they're going to, the the guys or gals that do this assessment are going to come back to you with a report and they're going to say, Hey, Mr. Retailer, you do a lot of revenue with your website, but you don't have a WAF. So then you have this sort of checklist of items that you need to do. And they're going to tier the concerns. They're going to say, This is a big concern. This is maybe a medium concern. This is a little concern. And so then you have a, a kind of a one pager to go back to your management with and say, look, did this, here were some of the takeaways and here are the things that I think we need to focus on right away. And so then you kind of have this, this little roadmap to help you address the problems that you have. So to be clear, cloud security posture management as a category is not an assessment. An assessment is something you do ahead of time, kind of get that one pager of, of the things you need to hit. And then you would implement CSPM? Yeah, you could. And you remember we were talking a little bit about cloud native shops versus non-cloud native shops, right? And we were talking about crossover of tools. And I know we're going to jump down into it. But if you're a cloud native shop, you want to see NAP, right? But if you're not doing cloud native work, maybe a CASB is a better fit for you. Because that's going to focus on user access and data protection where CNAP is going to tackle the risk and vulnerabilities specific to cloud native applications. So there's there's nuances in these tools. And, and again, back to what problem are you trying to solve? Okay, so that initial assessment, typically I would have a consulting group or someone external to the organization come in and perform that initial cloud security posture assessment. And then based on the results of that, they may make a rec- recommendation or I may just realize that I'm looking for one type of tool versus another because this is the actual infrastructure and applications that I'm running today. And and knowing that there's a roadmap for the future, but I have to protect what I have today. Right. Okay. All right. Is that the entirety of CSPM or no. are there actual tools that you would then go out and purchase under this category? Or I guess, what, what, do, what do the tools look like that are under this category? So let's talk about what the tools do. There's three or four specific things um, that a CSPM tool will do, and it's going to proactively detect and address risks, right? It's going to ensure compliance with best practice and regulations. It's going to conduct automated remediation and policy enforcement if you want it to. So there's some things that you can set and tweak and work with the the tool manufacturer, the the software vendor to um, tweak for your environment. And it's going to integrate 
uh, CSPM processes with DevOps workflows. So if you're a shop that's doing a lot of code, pushing out a lot of applications, this is a way for you to kind of ensure a check and balance of security with the developers before things move on, right? So, um, you know, that's why you might want to get a tool after you've had the assessment. And I know that Ethan asked me to come up with some of the folks, the top vendors in the area. And I don't know if you want me to explore that or not. Yeah. Yeah. Give us, give us some ideas. Cause uh, especially if this is a new product category and you don't have a vendor in mind that might be able to fill this gap. Yeah. Love to hear what you got, Joe. Okay. So there's a number of folks in the market doing this. And I'm not saying that one of them, I'm going to disqualify here, that one of them's better than the other. And I'm going to apologize in advance if I missed you. So there's Laceworks, there's Trend Micro, there's Zscaler, Palo Alto, Checkpoint, Rapid7, and Cystic. Those are a few that are working in this space um, if you're looking to check out this type of tool for your environment. Now, of all those vendors that you listed, they have a specific product that does this or it's part of their larger security suite? I mean, you named some some heavy hitters in the security space. They have specific projects, you know, and some of them have been doing it for a while. And so there's this newer conversation that's happening around legacy versus modern CSPM approaches. Um, and some of the legacy tools that have been on the market, there's some gaps that differentiate. So some of the things that you're going to want to look for in the newest, brightest version of a tool, if you don't mind me sharing. Yeah, go ahead. Okay. So some of the older tools are lacking some contextual stuff, right? So lack of context. Um, some of them aren't the best to prioritization. They're a little noisy. And then uh, some of the older ones are operationally inefficient. So you're going to want to look for a tool that can take into account factors like network pass, identity exposure, sensitive data from a contextual standpoint. Um, you're going to want to look for tools that are able to identify the level of criticality of an issue found. So that's the prioritization. And then you're going to want to look for a tool that um, is able to, you know, work with other tools that are in your environment as well. So that, that would be a couple things that I would say as you're looking at tools. By work with other tools, we're talking about integrations, probably some kind of an API integration. Yeah. Right. Yeah. This is definitely not going to be the only tool in your security tool belt. And it sounds like, especially for the remediation and the assessment part, but the remediation part, it needs some tight integrations with the other things you're doing to secure your environment. So I guess when you're assessing the viability of one of these tools, you have to look at what you're currently using today and make sure it works with those things. Right, exactly. And, you know, one of you gentlemen mentioned that in the notes that we were sharing prior to chatting was that there's going to be an overlap in some of these tools. And you are absolutely correct. There is an overlap in some of these tools, right? So maybe you got one and then it didn't do everything that you wanted. You end up getting another one on top of it, right? So, or you're, yeah, so there, there is some of that that goes on. I want to be fair about it. Okay. So we've started with cloud security posture management. Uh, let's move on to the next acronym, Joe. Uh, cloud Workflow Protection Platform, CWPP. Right. And so back to the overlap thing, a CSPM automates the identification and remediation of risks across the cloud infrastructure. And that includes um, infrastructure as a service, SaaS, and PaaS, right? 
So some of its use cases include risk visualization, risk assessment, incident response, compliance monitoring, and DevOps integration, right? So that's what that tool would do. It's an essential component of CWPP, right? Because it aids in configuring security settings. It's a product that you may want to have on your radar, but it does cross over with a CSPM. So it just depends on, again, what problem you're trying to solve. I would say that I see CWPP used more in houses that are doing a lot of DevOps work than a general cloud security posture management tool. And that kind of makes sense, right? When you say workflow, my mind immediately goes to pipelines. Exactly. (laughs) And that sort of cloud native development uh, style or DevOps style of management. And that brings back into the earlier in the conversation, you mentioned DevSecOps as a driver for why these products are existing. And if you're trying to implement a DevSecOps workflow in your environment, it sounds like a CWPP is going to be a pretty integral part of that. That's right. And if you look at the vendors that are playing in the space, you've got, again, no preference here, but AWS guard duty. And obviously that's going to be best for AWS users. Um, You've got Checkpoint Cloud Guard. And that's more for a unified cloud workload protection. You've got Illumio Core, which is really great at advanced micro-segmentation. Um, you've got Microsoft Defender for cloud. Well, that's only going to play in Azure environments, to your point, Ned. Um, you've got Orca, which is going to be kind of more of an advanced overall. You've got Palo Alto Prisma Cloud. Um, and that's really great with DevOps integrations and container security. You've got Sentinel One Singularity. You've got Sophos Cloud Workload Protection. Trend Micro's got a great product called Deep Security. And then VMware Carbon Workload is best for a virtualized environment. So there's a number of vendors, but they some of them only play in specific places. Right, right. So if I'm especially keen on supply chain protection, would my cloud workflow protection platform fit in there? Probably not. That's probably better, like Ned was saying, for a shop that's doing a lot of development work. Yeah, that's probably not going to address the supply chain kind of issue because I I don't know in what use case you would be shipping code to your supply chain. Now, you mentioned a lot of cloud-specific products. Mm -hmm. Part of determining which product I would go with is understanding what clouds I'm currently using today as well as what my on-premises environment looks like. It's, it, we're, we're constantly coming back to step one is knowing your environment <laughs> and, and what you're trying to protect. And then that informs the selection of, of tools. And what problem am I trying to solve? So if I'm not, again, I'm not a dev-heavy shop, I don't maybe care about that last tool that I mentioned. Right. If you're mostly using COTS and not developing a bunch of stuff in-house, then you're looking to protect a bunch of SaaS applications probably and, and not worried about your CI/CD pipelines because honestly, you don't really have any. Or they're, they're not a big deal. It's not how you're making money. Today's sponsor, Doit, can help you with your cloud challenges. Maybe you want to maximize your cloud use while controlling your costs. Perhaps the issue is balancing resource utilization while delivering agile IT. Maybe you just can't get good support from your cloud partners. Doit can help. An award-winning strategic partner of Google Cloud and AWS, Doit works with over 3,000 customers to save them time and money. 
Duet combines intelligent software with expert consultancy and unlimited support to deliver cloud at peak efficiency with ease. The Duet team knows multi-cloud, cloud analytics, optimization, governance, Kubernetes, AI, and more. Work with Duet to optimize your cloud investment so you can stay focused on business growth. Learn more at Duet.com. That's D-O-I-T dot com. Okay, so that's CWPP. Next one that we have on the list is Cloud Infrastructure Entitlement Management, C-I-E-M, which sounds an awful lot like tracking licensing, (laughs) but I'm assuming there's a little more to it than that. You know, it's part of that sort of defense in depth tool. It's really focused on identity and access management in the cloud. And people then go, oh, okay, well, then what's the difference between an IM and a C-I-E-M? And so this is kind of how I think of it. With IAM tools, you, you're determining the control and level of access that the user has, right? The CIEM tool adds this layer of security to the IAM tool specifically for cloud-based environments where identity management can be a little bit more complex, right? And then they go, okay, what's the difference between a CIEM and a CASB? Well, the CIM controls access to the cloud resource and the CASB controls the SaaS application access and secures the data while it's in transit and at rest within the cloud application. So both of them are using access and identity entitlements and they're, you know, you're integrating both systems, right? CIEM uses ML and AI to automate monitoring, detection, and remediation efforts across the cloud environment. And it's going to feed information into your SIEM, S-I-E-M, right? So if you've got, if you're a shop that has multiple clouds and multiple SaaS applications with users in and out of everything, you've really got to think about who's allowed to get in where. And an IM is not going to do all of that for you. Right. And I am is going to say, do I belong to company XYZ? Why, yes, I do. So I can come in the door. Mm-hmm. But once you're in the door, if you have no sort of delegation of entrance to any of the offices, once I'm in the front door, I can walk into any office that I want to in your building, right? I can walk into the CEO's office if, if you don't have it locked down. Do you want that? Probably not. Same thing happens with clouds. Who am I going to let into what cloud at what permission level? And am I going to let that same person into the SaaS application? Right? It helps you define swim lanes. That's the easiest way to do it. Right. I I know that, uh, at least in the Azure AD world or Entra ID, I think it's now called, they had the concept of a, a privilege access management layer that they would add onto it. So you could scope down the normal permissions that any given user has, and then they could ask to escalate their permissions. And it would also detect and kind of report back when those elevated permissions were used or you know, tell you who are the current people who have owner rights to subscriptions or contributor rights and when's the last time they used that right so you can kind of determine maybe they don't need all those rights anymore so there's there's a lot that goes into that sort of what you're talking about assessing what people's current roles are whether they're actually using those roles and can we narrow down the scope of what they're allowed to do so if their account gets hacked we can limit the blast radius of what that account's able to do right or 
let's say you're running multiple clouds, you know, and Joe user comes in and does something wrong. Well, the CIEM is going to take the data, any login information, and send it to the SEM, right? Mm-hmm. So it, it does log correlation through the SEM. So now if there's an incident and you see that Joe user breached something in the Azure cloud, because back to it's a correlation point, right? So I breached something in the Azure cloud and that information that I've come in show that I entered at 1140 a.m., whatever it was. You can then go back to the log data through the SEM and go, oh, wait a second. That user used that door over there to come in, but it's all correlated in one spot. Mm-hmm. So you can see who the bad guy was and where the bad guy entered the door. Right. Because these systems on their own don't talk to each other. They don't. That's the thing. That's the problem. They don't talk to each other. So this is a way for you to correlate all that data and then maybe remediate quicker. Like a concrete example of, of exactly this happening, a, a buddy of mine was working on a security incident, and I can't mention names for obvious reasons. But he was working on a security incident where the user who had been breached had been assigned domain admin privileges. Mm -hmm. And they'd also set up single sign-on for AWS IAM. And so the attacker, once they were able to get access to the domain admin credentials, were then able to sign on to AWS and wreak havoc there as well. And there was no obvious correlation between the two because AWS was keeping its logs and its authentication in one place and Windows was keeping its logs and authentication in another place. And then they also had Office 365. So those were other logs and another place. So it was really hard to figure out how big the blast radius was from one credential being compromised. Right. And and so these this is how you get incidents happening like dwell time. You don't know how long the bad guy has been in your system. Have no way. This will allow you to have, you know, cross-cloud contextualization and visibility. And you can go, oh, bad mm-hmm. guy entered through that door at this time. So who are the players in this space, Joe? Okay. I'm glad you asked. Hermetic, VMware, Area Automation, Sysdig, Uptics, SailPoint Cloud Infrastructure Entitlement Management, Microsoft Entra, Permissions Management, Naked, Ned gets a star, um, Stack <laughs> Identity, um, and Zscaler. So, and you knew the new name because they changed the dang name, Ned. So, yeah. I have feelings about the name change, <laughs> but that's for another time. I love it. <laughs> All right. So, that was acronym three for the day. So far, we've covered CSPM, Cloud Security Posture Management, CWPP, Cloud Workflow Protection Platform, CIEM, Cloud Infrastructure Entitlement Management. And Joe, let's move on to CNAPP, Cloud Native Application Protection Platform. What is this category all about? It's a gardener name, <laughs> but I don't think it's a made up thing. And, and I don't think it's a marketing thing. I think it's a real deal because this is a platform. And some of the stuff that we talked about the other tools doing, this platform does. What I like about this platform is that it gives you visibility across several things, right? So, you know, it is, I think of it as a combined cloud security solution. And the reason I think about it as a combined solution is that it consolidates reporting, scanning, threat detection that's related to your cloud environment in a single software solution. And it's going to minimize some of that human error that we discussed earlier of the poor person that's trying to manage all this stuff, looking in one system, 
and then trying to look over here and then trying to see if anything correlates between the two, right? It reduces some of that human error that any one of us would make if we were trying to look at all those systems in one day. That's kind of what I like about it. When you say I get all this in a some sort of a unified view, I'm imagining, uh, does that mean there's event correlation going on from multiple sources and yeah. they're presented in a unified way so I can kind of look at it like incident management where everything is brought together that from different systems that might be related to this event and then I can kind of dive in that way? Yep. It's going to take in a number of things. It's going to take in cloud security posture management, the tool, not the assessment that we talked about. It's going to do some infrastructure as code scanning. So that's important because maybe you don't have in your environment a SASD. So maybe you're running a lot of code, but you don't have a specific SASD tool. Okay. Right? So this will do some of that code checking for you because think about when the developers are using code, they're using code from a lot of open sources and there's lots of vulnerabilities in the code, right? And who's really checking that? Or maybe you don't, back to the maturity thing, maybe you, you're you using a tool, but it's an older tool. And maybe the tool is just giving you red, you know, yellow and green. Maybe you need something more than a little bit of red, yellow and green action, right? Mm -hmm. So it'll give you that. It's going to do the cloud workload protection platform. That's also part of a CNAP. Um, it's going to also do some cloud service network security. It's going to talk to you about some of the network stuff that's going on. It's going to ingest some of that data from the WAF. It's just going to look at your posture a little bit better. Um, it's going to do Kubernetes security posture management. So if you're, you are using containers, containers are tricky to secure because they only live for so long. That's one reason. Mm -hmm. So that's another thing that's going to do. It's going to do some of that entitlement management that we talked about. So it's going to do some of that cross-cloud entitlement management. And then it's going to integrate some of the software development activities as it relates to security. So it does a number of things. You might have some of them today. You might not have some of them today. You might think that that's attractive. Um, so you might want to take a look at this tool. So again, it, it's not merely the unified view. It's that it performs all of these functions on on some level or another in one unified platform. So I could I could buy this and maybe you know I could buy a cloud native application protection platform. Is that is that CNAP? Is that how we pronounce that acronym? Yep. CNAP. Yeah, I could buy a CNAP and then uh and then cover some element of CIEM, CWPP, CSPM all in one and have that benefit of seeing it all in one place, seeing it all rather than as separate events and separate categories and different tooling that I got to look into and try to correlate these events myself. I get it all in the one in the one bundle, uh, which is awfully attractive. It, uh, it it really is. It sounds like the thing I want. Is there a reason I wouldn't go with a CNAP and, uh, as opposed to buying you know more specialized tools? Maybe it's too much for you. Maybe you're more of a shop that um, uses a lot of SaaS apps, a little bit of public cloud, and you're still you're still doing some stuff on-prem. So the thing that you're most worried about is your users getting to external applications securely. So maybe that's a reason to use a CASB. 
Maybe that's all you need. So it kind of goes with what does your environment look like and what are you trying to solve, right? But I do think that the CNAP is a maturation and an advancement on some of the other point solution tools. So I don't think it's marketing hype. I think it's its own stand on its own legs category. What is your take on the benefit of having a CNAP that presumably comes from a vendor, and so it's all of their tooling and enforcement infrastructure and so on underneath, as getting, that's the best solution because everything's coming from one vendor, as opposed to trying to integrate a variety of different vendors and their tools into some third tool that uh, gives you that unified look? I think that I am always empathetic to the reality of IT, which is what do you have in your basket when you enter the door? You're a new leader and you come in and you have to deal with what's already there and then figure out where the holes are and how to improve what you have. So you've got to do what's right for your shop. And that's what I think about it. In other words, there's no one right answer. The reality of IT is you've got what you got and you're not just going to throw everything out when you've got an investment in it and uh, and just buy something new for the sake of buying something new. On premise, let's say it's Greenfield. There's no such thing as Greenfield. We know that. Another reality of IT. There is no Greenfield. But let's say no. there was. <laughs> Would you want to go with the uh, the one vendor CNAP kind of solution as opposed to, I, I don't know, historically we would have called it best of breed? You can. There's some really strong players in this category. So you may want to think about adding on to your environment. What I mean by that is Palo Alto has the Prisma Cloud, for example. So if you're a Palo Alto shop, you know, maybe the best fit is to add a tool from Palo Alto. Maybe you already have Zscaler and you have their ZIA product or you have their ZPA product. They offer a very nice CNAP tool as well. So maybe your thinking is maybe I want to get something that's a tool that I'm already familiar with, how they support my account. Where do I call for, you know, a resource? What do I do? That could be a way to approach the situation as well. But there's 10 or 12 really strong vendors in this category that do nice work. Well, if you got your list, Joe, let's hear them. I do have my list. I'm so glad you asked. <laughs> you've got CrowdStrike. You've got Hermetic. You've got Aqua. You've got Zscaler. You've got Prisma Cloud. Wiz. Love Wiz. I love me some Wiz. Lacework, Plurian, SciScale, ThreatKey, and PingSafe. So those are some options for you in the CNAP space. If you come to Philadelphia, I now know what kind of cheese you're going to get on your cheese. Oh, <laughs> you take me for a cheesesteak? I would absolutely, oh, Joe. Anytime you're in, near Philadelphia, let me lovely. know. I'm always up for a cheesesteak adventure. That's, well, okay, I gotta <laughs> ask. And your favorite cheesesteak is? Oh, geez, that's really hard to say. I'm I'm a Delisandros kind of guy. But I will also go to Prince's Steaks. It's, it's going to be one of those two. Del Sandro is a little closer to me. So, so much to learn about the cheesesteak world. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I, I may have riled up some listeners. So apologies to my other Philly natives. <laughs> you didn't come with the with the old school. You came new school with your cheesesteak, Ned. You know, I've had them all. Not to get on too much of a tangent, but we used to do this thing at a, a place I worked where we would do cheesesteaks uh, once a month from a different place every time. Someone would go out and get them, and then we would all vote. And uh, Del Sandro's is the one that eventually came out on top at the time, and I, I maintain that they they have the best rolls and the best meat. 
All right, you're making me hungry. It's just about lunchtime. <laughs> Get here. some hate mail. <laughs> well, Joe, for all of us that are hungry, maybe we should start to move towards the conclusion here. I do have one concluding question for you. Let's say I'm a company. I'm evaluating my cloud security posture and thinking about these things is important to me. We just talked through a lot of different technologies. Uh, is there an order I should prioritize these technologies? Figure out what you have. Do a cloud security posture assessment. Do yourself a favor. If you're new to the job, maybe you're not new to the job, but you've been really focused on an ERP migration for the last year because it's taken up all your working time or a digital transformation and the cloud bill keeps growing and there's stuff happening over here in the corner, right? And you just haven't been able to give it time. Take a beat, do a cloud security posture assessment, see where you're at. That's going to be this sort of plethora of information that's going to be a point in time look at where you're at, and then you can make decisions. Don't just go out and buy a tool. Well, Joe Peterson, thank you very much for joining us on Day 2 Cloud today, again, for this follow-up show from the show we did back in April. So it's been a joy to have you back on. Let people know how they can contact you if they have questions, they want to follow up with you. So I'm Joe at Clarify360.com, where you can find me at Clear Tech Today on Twitter, or you can also find me on LinkedIn, and my name is spelled J-O Peterson. So if you put an E in, I don't know, maybe you're going to get a guy that is a chef or something. I don't know. <laughs> Clear Tech Today on Twitter, or Joe without an E, Joe Peterson 1 on LinkedIn. Well, thanks again, Joe, for appearing on Day 2 Cloud. And uh, to all of you listening out there, virtual high fives. You're awesome for listening all the way to the end. If you have suggestions for future shows, Ned and I would love to hear them. Fill out the topic request form on day2cloud.io and we'll see what we can do. Day 2 Cloud is part of the Packet Pushers network of podcasts, newsletters, blogs, videos, and a Slack channel. And all of that is free for you at packetpushers.net. Free isn't free. There's no login. There's none of those pesky, hey, give us all your info and we'll give you a white paper kind of stuff. Our sponsors pay the bills and we give you content that makes you better at your job as an IT professional. That's why we're here and thank you for listening. You make all of this work. And until then, just remember, cloud is what happens while IT is making other plans.